Next to the blessed sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. I love this quote by C.S. Lewis because it calls to mind the great dignity of each human person. Indeed, let's go back to the very beginning of all creation. Here we are, we have the angels that are marveling at what God's doing. The angels, these spiritual beings who were created with minds and a free will like God himself. They were created first and then they begin to witness what God has planned. God then begins to create this matter. He breathes out this galaxy. And then on a particular rock floating through space, God takes particular care and all of a sudden he creates this organic life that begins to spring up. The angels then witness what had to seem as the unthinkable, unimaginable, because all of a sudden onto a certain organic life form called man, God infuses into the human heart his own image and likeness. Astonishingly, God gave this organic life form immortal souls that will live forever, and he infused them with minds and a free will like he did the angels as well. But that likeness was lost. Trying to be like God, we lost what actually made us like him, and thus the human person was suddenly made capable of being easily objectified as nothing more than simply matter. It made human life vulnerable to being disposed of or just simply used. Infidelity, contraception, abortion, human trafficking. We see it now in our world. It's where we find ourselves today that's summed up perfectly in our first reading. It's kind of almost the theme song of our world today. Vanity of vanities, all things are vanity. That is the view that the world has today, that it perceives that nothing has real, lasting value. And indeed, without God, all is vanity. This comes from the book of Ecclesiastes. Interestingly, the book of Ecclesiastes is the only book in the Bible where God is silent. God never speaks or is present in that way in the book of Ecclesiastes. Vanity of vanities, indeed the world is when it's absent of God, when God is removed. And frankly, it's just one step above hell. It's a bunch of souls walking around in the darkness with no direction, no hope, no purpose, so enter into history us, particularly you and me. We Catholics who state with St. Paul that we have taken off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, that we've gone from this disgrace and simply being matter to royalty in the divine court. And if so, we are indeed entirely new. We are a new creation. And if we are entirely new, 
It must influence everything about us, every thought, every word, every action that we have. And it comes with the realization that we've been blessed by God, like the rich man in the parable, for a purpose. We've been blessed with our talents and gifts, with treasure, with time. Not only our own time of which we give, but also the times that we've been given, which encompasses, yes, then our civic duties, and in a defining time right now, our vote on the respect for human life. We have responsibility for everything given to us, and like the rich man, every one of those things that we have been given will need accounting for at our judgment. What we have been given, all we have been given, is for the salvation of souls. Everything we have has been given for others, to love one another, which means restoring true compassion on the human person. The world itself has grown sick from a false compassion. And as such, St. Paul criticizes us in our second reading today. Stop lying to one another, he says. We've got to stop lying to one another as if that is somehow compassion. Sin is to be condemned, and the most grave of sins, if within our power, made illegal and unthinkable. And it's not because we don't trust other people. It's not because we don't love other people. But it's because we know that us humans, that we can be deceived by a cunning enemy who has made our, even our interiors rise up against us to do gravely wrong things as evidenced in each one of our histories. We all have personal experience of this, of doing something that we know we shouldn't have done and regret. But with this, we must always then also remember that condemnation is always on the sin, never the sinner. The sinner is never to be condemned by us. Recall Jesus. Not even he condemns the convicted prostitute. Not even Jesus condemns the thief hanging on the cross next to him who is receiving a just sentence, a just death sentence for what he has done. Jesus has harsher words for the rich man in today's gospel than he has for those. Each of us today sits shoulder to shoulder with other guilty parties of sins which could easily be rattled off. You have a sinner preaching to you right now. God will be the judge, but he will judge. Each of us can be reconciled, but that should also not take away our need to condemn the sin itself. In a world lost and fallen into vanity that has lost the understanding of the dignity of the human person, which is epitomized by the lack of the respect for the unborn and the objectification of women, we have to do something that can combat this attack when that opportunity presents itself. And we have been giving 
a defining moment in our time. In two days, Tuesday, we have an opportunity granted to us in which I urge you to support the value them both amendment. I know that there's a lot of what ifs that are out there. There's a lot of misleading information and behind the scenes there is a lot of out of state money pouring into Kansas to fight against any restriction that we might think about placing on abortion. But the amendment simply comes down to stating that there is no constitutional right. That's it. It undoes the 2019 Kansas Supreme Court ruling that found, discovered in our state constitution this right and makes all previously established and current protections and laws in Kansas, including our laws against live dismemberment, parental consent, a woman's right to know and see, licensing and inspection laws and taxpayer-funded abortion. It puts all of these at risk of being challenged and struck down because of that 2019 ruling. In that ruling's own words, it states that these laws are, quote, presumed unconstitutional. And already, two of these laws have been sued and struck down since that ruling. My brothers and sisters, the world counts as nothing the life of another human person, particularly and especially the unborn and women. We have been granted an opportunity, a defining moment to vote. And like the rich man, we will be held accountable for that which we've been given. If we don't step up, us who understand that next to the Holy Eucharist, that next to the Holy Eucharist, each and every human person is the holiest thing that our senses will ever encounter in this world. If we don't step up and honor and defend life for what it truly is, who will? <laughs> 